Welcome to Subversion with 1517. Subversion is a podcast dedicated to exploring big ideas, pushing against accepted opinion, and just maybe inciting more creative subversion in society. Today's episode is one that I am particularly excited about. I'm joined by Janet Liriano. She's the CEO of Lumia. She's a dropout herself, and we discuss loneliness. Quite a few of our community members have asked, how can you deal with loneliness as a founder, as a dropout, as somebody who's just working alone? And Janet has a an approach that is different than how most people would start answering this question. She may also be the most charismatic person that I have ever talked to. So this is not a conversation that you want to miss. Subversion is brought to you by 1517 Fund. 1517 Fund supports teams led by young founders with grant, pre-seed, and seed funding, as well as mentorship and a community of hundreds of peers and collaborators. If you're a young hacker, maker, or scientist looking to build your future, schedule a call with us at 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action. That's 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action. Because a real education is a liberation. Now, on to this week's show. talk about friendship really what we're looking for is you know a counterpoint a mirror um you know a defender of the past which is what i tend to say you know someone that is going to respect what you're doing in life and really encourage you from the sidelines give you water if you're getting dehydrated spiritually emotionally and otherwise um and you know ideally from time to time clear clear obstacles out of your way and, and you do the same for them so when we're thinking about friendship oftentimes people reach without first looking and considering, well, what am I going to bring to the table? We have to make sure that when we're trying to make friends in a very vulnerable place, like being a dropout and starting a company, we may be creating a whole narrative of judgment and isolation that isn't what the world around us is seeing. So at least for me, when I left school, um, and I left for different reasons initially, dropped out of school to take care of my folks who had gotten into an accident and weren't able to work, and now they're fine. But, you know, I was really dealing with and kind of struggling with, uh, oh, well, now I, I look like a failure to my would-be peers. I feel uncomfortable going to college-related events because I don't belong. You know, there was a lot of self-judgment. There was just a lot of self-talk that really prevented me from immersing myself in opportunities and experiences where I could connect with people because I felt um, uncomfortable. Even though I was proud of, of what I was doing, I felt that the world wasn't going to receive me as I was in the time that I was. And the truth is, some people won't. But you want to make sure, at least initially, that we're not creating barriers and obstacles to connection because we're worried we're not worthy of being connected to. So initially, when we're looking for relationships, like the first one to pay attention to, I think, is the relationship with yourself. And are you a good friend to you? Are you a supportive friend to you? Do you respect your own boundaries and needs and and priorities? Do you have a healthy relationship with pride and feedback? All of those things really matter um, because that's going to determine the kind of people you're going to vibe with. And I would say, you know, first stop, start there. Make sure that there's not a ton of negative self-talk. And if there is, you know, really work on being a friend to yourself first because having that stable base underneath you is going to allow you to reach out to others with a level of confidence and openness that I tend to think is pretty magnetic. So I, I, I think that's solidify. so important. The ability to be able to catch yourself in negative sex, in negative self-talk 
Um, for, for you personally, how were you able to shift that self-talk? Because it's one thing to say, you know, have a good relationship with yourself. And it's another, you know, when you're getting down and the punches are coming and it feels like the world is against you, it's really, really easy to defer to the, like, maybe, maybe I am a loser. Maybe I am someone who, you know, needs to go back to what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I think, I, well, I really like that question. Initially, I guess what I, what I want to tell people is like anyone who says, like, just stop feeling bad about yourself is, like, deeply irrational. It doesn't, it's not just stop. It's a process, and I think the first thing to do is admit to yourself that you feel that way. A lot of folks carry a lot of this internal pain and don't even, they, they, they're embarrassed to admit that that is how they're feeling because mentally they know that they shouldn't. So there's this other layer of self-talk, like, I shouldn't feel this way. I don't feel this way. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. We're fine. Everybody's fine. But no one's looking, you're not looking at the elephant in the room, which is, you know what, I'm not fine. So let me pay attention to that and let me force myself to sit in that discomfort. And there's, at least for me, to, to personalize this and not abstract it, you know, I had to really take some time and I journaled somewhat infrequently, but this is going to sound kind of crazy. I sometimes record myself talking like about how I'm feeling if I don't have someone else to talk to or if I feel like what I'm saying is a little too vulnerable, just working it out. And then I play it back and I hear what I have to say to myself. And it's always very interesting. So during that time, I was like, okay, why do I feel so low? Like, do I actually feel like I'm not capable of succeeding because I'm not in college? Is that my narrative or is that somebody else's? And it took me a really long time to figure out whose values were whose. So I think initially there's, there's some like, um, like haystack clearing and finding, you know, your needle of truth in a way of what do I actually think? And that takes time and figuring out, is this stuff that my parents have put on me, my community has put on me, what do I actually want to absorb? And if there's things about yourself that you conclude, you know what, honestly, I, I really don't like this about myself, like I'm not disciplined enough, or I could be more emotionally generous, or I'm a little judgmental. Well, now that's a really exciting project of self-improvement. So phase two for me was, okay, I feel like I've over-identified with what other people are telling me I need to be successful. So I really need to work on internal self-confidence. So I did a lot of journaling. I started taking a lot of classes, like singing classes, just to like express myself emotionally in a way that was uncommon, you know, my typical life, which is mostly tech, um, you know, just slowly putting myself out there, actually through physical expression, something that was completely non-mental. And through that work, I was able to feel, you know, more confident in being without any achievement. It's like, I'm, I'm happy because I'm healthy and my body can move and I can sing on tune occasionally and this meal is really good and I'm just going to really focus on this mindfulness. And from there, I was really able to build that bed of personal confidence that had nothing to do with achievement. And I think that's really important for first-time founders, dropouts. Like You have to understand that even if your dreams fail, that doesn't mean you're a failure. So take that pressure off of you and work on building a set of values and self-worth that have nothing to do with what you think you're here to build. Because what you've got already is intrinsically valuable. So you know, make sure you're taking time with the self just for that. I know we're talking about friends and I'm talking about self, but I think it's really difficult to have healthy relationships with others if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself. So I wanted to take some time and like focus on that. Long, no, that, convoluted answer, but... That, that's, a, that's a great foundation. I've run into so many people who they make so much of their, especially in the startup world, uh, whether they're founders or early employees, and this was even true of myself at one point, they make so much of their identity about their achievement and about their job 
that yeah. it's one, it's just hard to make friends outside of your job, which <laughs> it's already hard enough. Yeah. And then two, you know, if the, if the company fails or if you lose your job or if you quit or if anything happens, what well, are just, you? Yeah. Exactly. I think that you said that honestly so well. It's, it's something that I see often in the tech space and to anyone who's listening, like do not identify with your job because that is, you know, that's like an outfit. That's like a hat that you're wearing. And you can be very attached to these to these things, but that's how permanent they are. It's something that you're doing for now. And if you identify, like your sense of intrinsic worth cannot be what you do, because ultimately what you're not understanding is you're creating a narrative of hierarchy based off of work. And that can be, and I've seen that firsthand in the tech space. Like, well, what do you do? Well, I'm not actually interested in what anybody does, to be honest. I stopped asking that. Who are you? And that is defined by things that have nothing to do with being, uh, you know, a fellow or super funded or a dropout that is, you know, super successful. It has nothing to do with that. Who are you? Is are you kind? Are you honest? Are you brave? Are you, you know, collaborative? Are you generous? Like, what what core principles do you want to define around your life? And once you've really set that, you can find people who have similar value alignments. So even if what you're doing, and for a while. This is something a lot of folks don't know about me. I was a babysitter for many, many years while I was working on tech stuff on the side, but my primary source of income was childcare while I was taking night classes and doing all these other things. And I was really struggling with my self-esteem when I was in that role, even though that role brought me a lot of joy. I love taking care of those kids and teaching them things and helping them with values and helping them with their homework and being a part of their lives and giving. And actually through that job, which was nowhere near as glamorous as what I'm doing now, I really was, I was able to confront the best parts of myself. Like, wow, I have a, a lot of dedication, a lot of focus, a lot of empathy, all of these things that I want someone to value in a friendship. And that's what I'm bringing to the table. So if I'm going to describe who I am, I know the good and I know the bad, and it has nothing to do with working at a smart textiles company, believe it or not. I bring that to that. So, you know, really, as a young person who's dropped out, fo focus, focus on who am I and do I like what that is? And then once that's established, we can start thinking like, what kind of people do I want to meet and where would they likely be? So, I mean, I guess after that long spiel, we can kind of transition to like tangible, how, how can we make friends that are aligned with, with what we just described, like are aligned with what's in our heart? Because that's really what we're talking about. You know, a friend is a defender of that inner purpose, I really think. Um, you know, for me, and, and Zach, I want to invite you to this conversation because I've been monologuing a lot, which I tend to do. Um, so no, this has been great. I, I, I've been I've been preparing to ask a question, then you ask the question in your monologue and answer it. So <laughs> go right ahead. Uh, oh, great! I, I'm telling you, I think that self-recording and talking to myself made me a good counterpointer to myself. But <laughs> yeah, you know, like like oh, oh, I look totally crazy, but it works. So like, okay, how do we, how do I make friends? You know, how, how am I going to find somebody? Okay, I'm working on the startup. It can feel very isolating. You know, maybe I've determined I, I want to meet people outside of tech. There's a few ways that we can go about it. The first one is what are qualities that I admire and where would they likely be? So for me, you know, I really admire people that are very emotionally expressive because I'm pretty rational and communicative, but not necessarily emotionally free. And I know that about myself. Like, you know, like I, I tend to find like the energy of dancers and singers and creatives to be really healing because there's just this freedom of spirit. So where am I going to meet these people? Because they're not actually typically in my life in the work that I do. 
So I signed up for classes where I would find these people. So I started taking swing dancing classes, met folks of all ages, signed up for voice lessons. And sometimes these things are like fiscally prohibitive, but there's free versions of stuff or like cheap versions of stuff that we can be resourceful about and find. But put yourself where the qualities you value will likely be. If you're looking for curious, inquisitive minds, sign up for a book club. Like every bookstore has things like that. So I have to ask, though, before we get too far into this. Um, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, you know, I'm a pretty rational person myself. And on paper, this idea of going out and being around people who are more emotionally expressive sounds great. But I think that I, I start thinking about what that experience would be like. And I actually imagine myself getting really annoyed at these people. Um, so I, I wonder how much of it is personal or self-development that you have to do first to open yourself up to like this counterpoint or um, I, I don't want to sound new agey and say the phrase like counter energy, but were you always open to people who were more emotionally expressive than you or more artistic? Uh, oh, oh, I love that you said new agey. Uh, I'm like, a ser- I'm very into tarot, like for all my rationalization, <laughs> like, I'm very spiritual. So um, Dan and Mike know this, and so does Nick. I'm like, let me read your life right now with some picture cards. But to answer your question, <laughs> no, like I, I, I was like, I, I'm a, I, I could be really difficult with people that were very emotionally expressive and free because I rejected that in myself. So I kind of rejected it in them. And it was a lot of judgment. And sometimes I, I still have moments like flashes of that. It's like so human. It's exactly as you said. Initially, it was like, oh my God, these dancing musical theater people are making me want to throw myself out a window. Like, you're so crazy. You know? And I realized it's like, okay, well, what is that really? It's a lot of judgment. And that took time. Like, it's like, okay, well, I'm uncomfortable with something that I know I want to be comfortable with. So I just need to deal with the discomfort. And you can't force yourself through things faster than you can. So if you go to a swing class and it's terrifying and you don't want to go back for three weeks, okay, don't go back for three weeks, but go back or try something else. Like, you know, if anything worth having requires effort and it's not going to be easy. So forging meaningful relationships is not too different from forging a successful business. Like you need to put the sweat equity in there and it's probably going to be tough. So no, it's definitely not sign up for a book club and you're just going to love everybody and you're going to agree on everything that you talk about. It's definitely going to be awkward and uncomfortable and the results are going to be much harder to measure. But, you know, dropouts and entrepreneurs are naturally brave and, you know, can persist. So this is, this for me, it was like, okay, this is now a task. I need to put myself in these environments particularly because I'm inflexible and I want to be more flexible. I want to develop that and I want to bring the value that I bring to these people who tend to be very irrational and you know, that's my gift to you and they've got a gift to me. And like, I want to be able to participate in these gifts. So I guess it's going to suck for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you're totally right. It's not easy. I like that framing though, too, because it also sidesteps the question that Michael and I discussed the other day, which is, you know, what do you do if you're an introvert, not an extrovert? And it's like, well, you know, if you're going to be uncomfortable regardless, you might be a little bit more uncomfortable if this is something that you wouldn't typically put yourself into, even if you were, you know, more open or emotionally uh, expressive. But it, it's something that you have to be willing to confront. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, lonely, right? Exactly. So it's like, which which cross do you want to carry not to be religious? But even with introverts, I, I really appreciate that example or question. My sister who I also work with is definitely more introverted. And this is, you know, something that I said to her 
and that she found helpful, hopefully it's helpful to the introverts listening, there's different ways of attracting, right? The sun shines and that's kind of like extroverted energy. And, you know, there's gravitational pull. Some people are magnetic, which is what I hope introverts think of themselves as. You don't need to try to transform your energy and undercut your own value by becoming the sun if the way that you move through the world is through intuiting and pulling things towards you, right? Like you need to be open enough to receive that, but it's okay to go to a dance class and not introduce yourself to everyone, but smile when you make eye contact. Like, because you know what? Someone who's really extroverted like me will notice you in the corner and notice that you made eye contact and are not being avoided. And I'm gonna walk up to you and say, hello. So it's not about becoming a different person. It's just about being in the room and being open in the way that's true for you. Because I think making friends, if you're more on the reserve side of the spectrum, can feel really emotionally painful and draining if you feel like you need to become the sun, if that's not your move. Like, and you don't need to. You can just be you, but be open about it. Be open about what you mean, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Now, for, for people who are working by themselves, you know, maybe long, long hours, how would you recommend that they get started on something like this? Uh, I really appreciate that question. If people are working by themselves for long hours, I mean, I, it's like, again, it feels like very corny. It's, you need to put yourself where community is. So I think one of the ways you can avoid that unhealthy isolation is by being committed to a life of relative balance. So if it's, okay, I'm going to have a gym membership, and every morning I will run for 30 minutes, you're going to start creating a routine where you will see the same people more or less at the same time. It's like, okay, well, we both are committed to fitness and we're at this gym. I'll say hi to the guy who works behind the counter or I'll smile at the lady who's on the treadmill or whatever that may be. Um, I also think the internet is a pretty awesome, cool resource for community finding. There's a lot of Facebook groups. Like, let's say, you know, for example, I'm into knitting because I'm actually a senior citizen on the inside. Like, like join these like knitting groups, like folks that are trying to understand patterns and stuff and like message back and forth with people. And some of them are like locational and like, you know, there's ways to build relationships around hobbies or even like job interests that are digital that you can then translate to like a real world interaction. Um, but again, like if you're not allocating mental resources to it, it won't happen. And what I tend to find in the tech space is that folks are like, this is a priority, but it's not urgent. So I don't allocate time and I don't allocate resources, but it's important. It's important to forge healthy relationships. So you need to carve that time out in the same way that you carve out time to eat and to brush your teeth and to sleep. Humans are social creatures. You need to make sure you're carving out time in whatever way is truthful for you and you're prioritizing that because if you don't prioritize it, it's just not going to happen. So it's making sure we're bringing our purpose behind that goal if we actually want to move the needle on it. Um, so I, I'm a big, big proponent of joining groups or attending classes or creating a routine that involves others. Even if it's like sitting at the same coffee shop every Saturday when you know there's a lot of people and smiling at the laptop worker right next to you and maybe turning over one day and saying, hey, what are you working on? I see you here every day. And having that exchange, you, you know, you need to be open to opportunity. This world is full of billions of people, but if we don't look up, you know, they're just going to pass you by. So it requires a level of bravery that I think everyone that's in this position is really capable of, but you got to do it. I think that's a great note for us to end with one final question. If somebody's listening to this and they're, they're listening and they think like, holy crap, she's thrown so much at me. It's good stuff, but 
I don't know where to start. What's the one thing that you would challenge somebody listening to this who is who is struggling with feeling a little lonely right now to go do? Oh, well, you can message me on Facebook. I will be your virtual <laughs> friend, first of all. Um, and ask Dan and Mike, I will really do it. Um, but no, no, something more practical. The one thing I would really encourage folks to do is reread, if you have read, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I know that sounds like, wow, I'm giving you homework, but everything we're talking about here, like at least for me, as like a seminal book would change my life. And I really anchored on that. And I would really recommend, like, if you're feeling lonely right now and you're like, how can I actually turn this into actionable steps? How can I structure my life to welcome more life into it? Read that, you know, and, you know, know that you can do it. And there are people out here that are listening and and, and are receptive and open. And, yeah, you'd be surprised who reaches back when you reach out. Everybody feels lonely. You know, that's why we're talking about this. So um, read that book. Be a little brave stick your hand out there and someone will probably reach back. Janet, thank you so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being on and yeah, it was, it was great to chat.